Today, my little baby is five months old and I can hardly believe it. Like, how are we already in June and where did this year go? I don't know if you're like me, but we're almost halfway through the year and it feels like we were just ringing in 2021 and everyone was so excited to be leaving 2020 and then this year is just blinking by. I really feel like it was just yesterday that we were bringing home this like tiny, small infant from the hospital who was just really completely helpless. And, you know, when they're so little, it feels like all they really do is just eat and sleep and poop. Like they have no personality and they kind of just lay there. And now five months later, I feel like we have this baby at home who's like giggling and rolling around. She absolutely adores eating avocado and banana. She would stay outside all day if I let her. Like her little personality is just starting to shine. And there's so much growth that happens in just these five short months. And even though it's my second child, I really am just feeling, and I've just been reminded of how many milestones the first year is measured by. It's like each month they mark off new milestones and they're just constantly growing. And it's just been so much fun to watch her kind of grow and become, and just to start to see small, tiny glimmers of who she is and what her personality is like. And I've been reminded of this quote that says, the most important work you will ever do will be within the walls of your home. And I love this quote, but if I'm honest, living out day to day with a baby and a toddler can often just really feel monotonous. You know, it's like eating, napping, playing with toys, and then I just repeat. And it's like, I'm constantly feeding someone and I'm constantly cleaning up something. And it's just like, we have these unrealistic Pinterest-driven mom expectations, and they cause us to believe that we need these like really appropriate, engaging activities and meal plans and schedules for our five-month-old or toddler or elementary age. I mean, really, you could just insert the age. I feel like it's something we all struggle with no matter what age and stage we're at. We just want this perfectly planned out day that looks like everyone else on social media. And I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying. There are good and beneficial activities and meal plans and things that we need and want for our child and, our, and ourselves. But today I'm really challenging myself to set aside the checklist of motherhood. And I'm really trying to dwell on the most important work. You know, the work of raising my little girl and my son and showing them who they are in Christ, the work of changing dirty diapers and responding with grace and forgiveness, even on the days that feel super long, you know, the work of serving little unbelievers and just covering them in prayers that one day they will have a personal relationship with him. You know, there's work of snuggles and laughter and toys and books and even just the bottles and burps and getting through those milestones. And personally, I have found that our day and age is filled with this hustle mentality, you know, the boss babes and the Pinterest moms. And it, it's easy to feel like this hustle mentality looks down on just the average ordinary mom. You know, the average parent who leans into the daily repetitive grind and they're just striving to teach well amidst the mundane. And I really confess, I mean, when I've been thinking through this, there are moments in my life where I fall for this lie over and over again, you know, there have been times and even currently that I'm struggling with the desire to glorify busy, you know, feel like this need to just 
go, go, go. I, I really struggle with the desire to achieve and accomplish and try to be the best at everything. And I have felt that if I have just, you know, if I could hustle enough or sacrifice my sleep or my relationships or health or you name it, then I would be at a place where I've made it. You know, I just want to make it in life and reach that status, which let's be honest, we don't really even know what it is. And don't get me wrong, hard work will always be required in our lives. And I want to teach my children what hard work looks like. However, I do not want to become so consumed with this modern boss babe hustle mentality that I'm missing out on the most important work, you know, the work that's taking place within these walls within my home. I want to be able to trust that God is in control and then simply just do my best and have that be enough. And it feels like though our culture is glorifying this hustle mentality of parents and mothers specifically, we're expecting it also from our children. And instead of simply letting them do their best or work hard and just try their hardest, we on top of that want them to be the first their age to read or the first to be potty trained or sit up or the list really could go on and on. But there's like this comparison trap. And I know I have felt this trap of not feeling worthy because maybe my house isn't perfectly put together or my children aren't constantly dressed in the designer clothes and living out this perfect, you know, grid on social media. And it's easy to watch my children and let my selfish heart want them to be the absolute best. I want to have that perfect presence and those perfect children, but it feels honest, you know, like if I'm really honest, like it feels good when I can brag about my kids, but I don't want to be that parent that is constantly expecting my child to be just this extraordinary, perfectly put together person. What if I or even just we can shift from living out and parenting amidst this hustle culture and instead just encourage our children to slow down and soak in the awe and the wonder of ordinary. You know, what if we reflected on the beauty of a small caterpillar? Tonight, my son was so excited and he grabbed a pickle jar and brought into the living room this little caterpillar. Or what if I could spend more time praying with and for my children? more time teaching them what it truly means to speak with kindness and love? And what if we taught our children to truly marvel at just the ordinary life, you know, to truly taste the sweetness of a watermelon, to truly feel the presence of God at work in our homes? And what if we decided to stop hustling towards more quote unquote freedom, whatever that might look like, and instead surrender to the true freedom found in Christ? What if we just did our best work, give the glory to God in all things, even if it just looks like the average and ordinary. You know, there's a quote I read that said, we should make the ordinary come alive for them. The extraordinary will take care of itself. I know it's something that I need to be reminded of every day. And the most important thing I can teach my child is God's love in the Bible in its full context expecting absolute greatness from them will always be unrealistic because the only one who's truly great is Christ. Instead of striving by my own work, I can pray that the Holy Spirit will be at work through me and in my children's lives. And at the end of the day, my quote unquote day-to-day profession or career or accomplishments really mean nothing. 
The absolute most important thing is that my children have a personal relationship with Christ and are daily seeking after him. I want to teach them that there's more than just this highlight reel on social media. I want to teach them to show up and serve others instead of just showing off. I pray my children know how to work hard and that's something I want to model them, but I want them to remember that their work is for him and not for the recognition of others. You know, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Hard work is not bad, but I think it's the mentality behind that and the expectations we have, not only for ourselves, but for our family. For I mean, it's not by my work or my children's accomplishment, but it's God's completed work, his death on the Christ, his love for me. I don't know if you need to hear this, but I need to be reminded that your worth is not in your hustle, your children's accomplishments, or what you can prove. Your worth is in who and what Christ has already done for you. Resting in him that, so that we can live out our highest calling, which is being ambassadors of Christ. Your true identity comes from Christ and not from your work. Let your children be ordinary. Let them be ordinary. Let yourself be ordinary. For the only true extraordinary one will be Christ. I just today want to see if maybe you'll join me and push aside these percentiles and all of these developmental checklists that there is with motherhood and children and just the day-to-day, even outside of motherhood, and instead to just enjoy the simple, beautiful moments of grace-filled motherhood. Let's remove these expectations that we must raise children who are exceptional at all things and constantly striving and on the go, and instead of just show them the grace we receive through Christ and the beauty of just being ordinary. Recently, my mom shared with me an article that I want to just end with today because it really spoke a lot to me. Um, And I just think as we're, you know, in summer and we're just moving on to the next school year and just to the next year and we're looking at all of these milestones and just feeling this constant pressure to go, I think it's good to be reminded of this. And this is actually an article from the New York Times, and we'll, I'll make sure it's linked here in the show notes so that you can read it if you want. But I just want to end with reading this article. It's titled, Let's Hear It for the Average Child, and it's written by Margaret Wrinkle. Parents, we ask you to hold your applause until the names of all the medal winners have been announced. When the ceremony is over and your child has not left her seat, though nearly every other kid is taking home ribbons and trophies and enough scholarship offers to make a real dent in the national debt, please take a few moments to congratulate the winners as they head off to their well-earned celebrations. Then, we ask that you return to your seats. We have a few special achievements left to acknowledge. To the student who does all the homework in his hardest subject and turns it in promptly, who studies diligently for tests and shows up at every before-school help session, who has never once read an online summary instead of the actual book, and who nevertheless manages to earn no grade higher than a C, you have already aced the real test. School is the only place in the world where you're expected to excel at everything and at all at the same time. In real life, you'll excel at what you do best and let others excel at what they do best. For the rest of your life, you will never again think of this C, but you'll bring your character and your capacity for hard work to all your future endeavors. 
To the student with friends scattered hither and yon across grades and groups and genders, you may feel like an outsider at every insider gathering. You may wonder what it's like to feel deeply enfolded within a group whose very membership confers identity. How easy it would be, you may think, to be told where to go and what to wear and whom to stand next to and when you get there. In truth, membership in a group always feels provisional. Insiders inevitably wonder if they're the next to be cast out. But a gift for friendship, what transcends circumstance, for recognizing kinship wherever it blooms, that gift will make your world your home. To the student who sits in the back of the room with a chemistry textbook propped open and a library book tucked inside, you'll have to learn chemistry, there's no getting around it, but we'll revel in your love for the written word. In times of trial and worry, of disappointment and despair, a book will be your shield. Immersing yourself in a grand story will be a respite from your troubles, and a lifetime spent lingering over language will give you the right words when you need them yourself. No one writes a better love letter than a lifelong reader. To the bench warmers and the water boys and the equipment managers who follow every play without getting a smudge on their pristine jerseys, we delight in your love for the game and we salute your loyalty to the team. You may never score the winning goal or hit a walk-off home run or feel the exultation of your teammates as they carry you from the field, but you will know the pleasure of belonging and you will be spared the sadness of fading glory too. When you look back on these years, what you'll remember is the pride of wearing that jersey, the privilege of supporting your team. To the student who fled to the restroom on dissection day and took a zero in biology lab, it's a great gift to love animals. When you can sit quietly in the presence of another creature, when you can earn a fearful animal's trust, you are participating in the eons. Whatever it may seem to almost everyone else, this planet is a great, breathing, vulnerable beast, and we are each of us only one of its cells. We celebrate the tender heart that has taught you this truth so urgently and so easily overlooked. To the student who bombed the history final because you stayed up all night talking to a friend whose heart is breaking, there is honor in your choice. You can make up the history lessons, but compassion is not a subject we offer in summer school. Today, we rejoice you for the A you've earned in empathy, the blue ribbon you've won in love. To the daydreamer and the window gazer, to the one who startles when called on by the teacher or nudged by a classmate, whose report card invariably praises your good mind but laments your lack of focus, we are grateful for your brown study. Here's to the wondering reveries of the dreamers and the doddlers, for the real aha moments in life are those that cannot be summoned by will. They arrive by stealth during moments of idleness, creeping in while you're staring out a window or soaking in the bathtub or just wandering aimlessly along. Summer beckons, a great, green, gorgeous gift. We've already kept you far too long, so let us send you forth with just one last reminder of a truth that somehow you already understand, though school is not the place where you learned it. Life is not a contest, and the world is not an arena. Just by being here, unique among all others, offering contributions that no one else can give, you have already won the prize that matters most. That was Let's Hear It for the Average Child, by Margaret Wrinkle. I hope that we can let them be ordinary. I hope that you can let yourself be ordinary too.